I, um, I've had the incredible privilege of seeing each of my four kids being born. Um, the first one was 21 years ago now, so it's a little bit hazy, but um, he was actually one of the toughest because he, uh, after 24 hours, was not up for appearing. So it was an emergency section and rushed in and the clogs and all that. Anyway, he came out all right in the end. Well, almost. But anyways, he, uh, he came out all right in the end. And then the others were all a bit simpler in that sense. And um, there are many fascinating things about seeing your child being born. Uh, but one thing you listen for is their cry. You want to know this little bundle of flesh is breathing. And um, a good cry will tell you that they're alive and well. It's ironic, really, because it's the only time in their entire life that you want them to cry. Uh, the whole rest of their lives, you are desperately trying to work out why they're crying and trying to stop them crying. Um, and particularly in the early days, that kind of guessing game as to what the heck they're crying for, uh, which is not fun. I don't miss those moments. But a cry is a powerful thing, isn't it? I don't know about you, but there were times when my kids were very little that a cry pushed me to the edge. I remember there'd been moments where I'd be like... They'd be screaming, and I'd put them down really gently, of course. And, um, and then I'd be, like, I'd be like, hey, you're going to have to take over now because I, I, I'm at my wit's end. I can't cope anymore. Because um, there's some reason about those cries, and you can't stop it. It just builds and builds and builds, and sometimes you don't manage to. Well, I didn't, and maybe you're all better parents than me, but I didn't manage to always deal with it particularly well. Crying, of course, is the primary communication language of a newborn. And to be honest, you'd cry if you'd been in a nice, warm, cozy space for nine months and got pushed through a very small tunnel. Uh, you would be upset as well. Uh, into the world, you'd be a little bit unhappy about it, I'm sure. Um, so I, I can understand that you've just been squashed and squidged in the big, wide world. Um, but what's fascinating to me is that when babies first cry, they say that it's not really for their external needs. It's not because they're hungry or because they're tired, although they probably are tired. But actually, a baby's first cry is actually for connection rather than reconnection. Because if you read about it, um, not every baby cries immediately, but nearly every baby will cry if it's not reunited with its mum. And so the first cry is not really a cry because it's hungry. It's a cry because it wants to be reconnected to its source to the one that conceived it and gave it life. And I don't think it's just newborn babies that cry for connection. I think many of the cries of our hearts are to be connected. Sometimes we want to feel connected to ourselves, other times to other people, perhaps to God. But connection is key. We were never designed to live in isolation. You were not designed to live apart from each other. Oh God, actually, you were designed for community and family and togetherness, which is why today is such a great celebration. Because we're celebrating togetherness. We're celebrating family. We're celebrating community. It's a celebration of another member of a small nuclear family, but it's also a celebration of an addition to a wider family, which there's been tons of lately. And there's more on the way, which is ace. But I think, as you heard Sarah say, and as I talked to her earlier this week, one of the primary reasons Sarah's here is because she's so thankful and grateful for family and for community and an ability to be together with others. She's so thankful and grateful to, as you heard, those she's connected with through DNA, through a mum and a dad, but also those she's connected with through community and friendships. She is incredibly thankful to all those who have loved, cared, and supported her this far. That comes across every time I talk to her. 
Of course, Annie is super blessed. She's been born into a loving home with an incredibly committed mom and friends and family surrounding her. Of course, not everybody quite has that privilege. For some babies, their cries for connection go unheard. It was 1989 that the world first heard of what happened behind the Iron Curtain, particularly in Romania under Ceausescu. He was a communist dictator who had passed laws banning all contraception and demanding that every woman had at least five children to boost the population. What happened was it resulted in the biggest institutionalization of children in the world, with over 100,000 children looked after by the state, although you have to use the words looked after very loosely. This is a two-year-old orphan as he lies in Constanza, Romania in November 1990. And I show you it because you can see in his eyes what happens to a child when their cries go unheard. Eventually, the crying stops. You see, when they walked into the Romanian orphanages, it was eerily quiet, even though there were babies everywhere. They were malnourished, they'd not been fed. And <laughs> they'd had no physical contact. It was atrocious conditions and yet it was eerily quiet nobody was crying that's because what they'd learned is their crying that biological distress signal a major way of communication wasn't working they'd come to see their need was not going to be met and so science steps in and their body goes you need to survive you need to look after yourself their heart rate slows. They actually put themselves in like a suspended state. Their breathing slows. Their body says, you're in danger. You've got to conserve energy. Essentially, their body begins to shut down to protect itself because all the energy involved in crying was too much. And so the science goes and your body goes, okay, I need to conserve energy then to make sure I survive. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? That a small child might come to a place where they stop crying because no one's heard them. Or perhaps it's more accurate to say nobody is responding to them. What's interesting to me is that as human beings, we don't only have that reaction as babies. When we cry out, when our distress signals are not heard, when it looks like our needs are not going to be met, we put ourselves, we respond just like that baby. We sort of shut ourselves down into an emotionally suspended state because that's what it is to be human. That's why it is to be a person. Because there are cries within you that cry out for you. There's a deep longing for connection and our deepest needs to be met. And after a while, if you feel they're not going to be met, you stop crying out. In every one of us, if we're willing to look, there is some part of us that reflect the eyes of that Romanian orphan. In some part of us, somewhere, in all of us, there is a sense that our cries have not been heard and our needs have not been met. And yet, and yet it's not actually true. Because you are heard and it's more than possible for those needs to be met. These words in the Bible is God speaking. I've heard their cries for deliverance. I know all about their pain. I've heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. See, you may feel that no one understands, that no one's heard your private tears and your private cries, which all of us live with. And although we go about our lives and do our best to make ourselves fit in and do what we think we're meant to do and say what we're meant to say, the truth is we are all wounded and we are all hurting. We're all wounded and we're all hurting. But I want you to know this morning 
that you were never not heard and you were never not seen. The God I know has heard you. He's watched every tear and he's heard every cry. And he understands and sees every broken heart. He's heard you cry. He's seen your tears. And very often we feel alone in our private pain and our tears. But I, I want to tell you this morning, you are not alone. And you are not unconnected. You see, at the beginning I said what's fascinating to me is that a baby's first cry is for connection, or rather reconnection. What if it was true that for every one of us, what if deep down somewhere in our hearts we actually long for reconnection to our original source, just like that newborn baby? And what if our first connection wasn't with our physical parents? What if you were actually connected to something much deeper, much stronger, and much more secure? Just play that short video, man. Specially selected. Before the foundation of the world was created, you were chosen by God. That's where your life began. Before your parents, you were in him. A beautiful seed thought in his heart and mind. In one of the old books of the Bible, it says this. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you. Just think, before your conception and entry into your mother's womb, before the formation of your physical being, God knew you. That's because he had seen you already. He dreamt you, he loved you, he wanted you, he chose you, and he knew you. And it wasn't only that he knew you, but he specially, specifically selected you and set you apart just for himself. Before you ask about everyone else, don't worry. Everyone he saw, everyone he dreamed of, everyone that came into his imagination and thought, everyone was chosen and set apart specially. He loves every single person. There has not been, nor is there one person on the face of the earth who God did not love, set apart and choose as his own child. Just as a man chooses a woman from amongst thousands of women, and a woman chooses a man, you were chosen like that, set apart specially in love. God loves every single person like he loves you. And then he chose and appointed, purposed that you should do something special, ordained for some special assignments. But what he knows must become your discovery. He loves you, he wants you, he has chosen you and specially selected you for a very special assignment. There is no one in all the world like you. You see, the truth is that before you were connected with anyone on the earth, you were connected with your original source, your heavenly father, and he specially selected you. And what if the truth is that even now our deepest cry underneath all our other cries is for reconnection to that original source? The truth is that we're all wounded, we're all hurt, we're all crying out. Every single person in this room is hurting in one way or another. We may talk about it, we may not. We may be aware of it, we may not, but it's true. And the more self-aware of us can name the cries and have pondered them and maybe even process them, the less self-aware may try and deny it and pretend it's not there. But awareness and reality are two different things. Just because you are aware of it does not mean it's not true. 
Here's the incredible thing. What if the reality was that you were already connected to your original source and the issue is your own awareness? You see, reality and awareness are two different things. The reality is you are connected to your original source. You just might not be aware of it. And really, the whole, the whole point of Christianity, of faith, is about becoming aware of the reality of your connection to your original source. And all of us are on a different journey um, of, of knowing that source. But what if that original source could meet your deepest cry and your deepest needs? And what if that original source was the deepest, most compassionate love you've ever experienced? You see, if you want to know the character of this original source then you can look at Jesus. That's why he came and walked the earth, because our original source wanted to show us what he was like. And I don't know what you think about Jesus, but when he walked the earth, he was highly attractive. So much so that people of all social strata, people of all uh, backgrounds, people of all races, people of all educated people, everybody was drawn to this man called Jesus. He was incredibly attractive. And I do want to apologize if you've been painted a picture by somebody of Jesus that's not attractive. Because there was nothing about him that was not attractive when he walked the earth. And Christians through the ages, we've not always done a good job of showing him in his true light of how incredibly attractive and amazing he is. Sometimes we put tons of rules and all sorts of ridiculous things in the way and said we've got to do this and got to do that and got to do the other and it to be honest, if that was the Jesus I knew, I wouldn't do this job and I wouldn't have much to do with him. Because he doesn't sound very exciting. But that's not the Jesus that I know. The Jesus that I know is the most gentle, caring, welcoming, forgiving, gracious person ever. And he has met me and healed me and restored me in ways I never thought possible. Today is about celebrating family and new life. New connections and saying thank you. And I wanted to share with you the truth that as well as being connected in with Sarah and Annie and their friends and family, you are also connected into a heavenly family. You are connected to an original source who originally conceived you and who specially selected you and who thinks the utter world of you. You may not be aware of it, but your lack of awareness does not make it untrue. It simply means you're unaware. And my prayer is that you might become increasingly aware of the connection that exists between you and your original source. As you can see, we've had quite a few babies born recently. And every time I talk to the parents, they talk, they say things like, I thought I knew what love was until I had a baby. I thought I knew what I'd die for. I thought I knew what I'd sacrifice until I had a little one who depended on me. And then I realized that I actually could stay up all night and still be semi-sane the next day. There's something about becoming a parent that somehow changes things. And if you speak to Sarah about it all, as I did last week, she'll no doubt tell you, as she told me, that having Annie has changed her perspective. Suddenly things that were super important are now not important at all. Now there's something else that's important. Why? Because, because there's something that's been conceived from a source and given life. And this thing is now incredible. But that same thing is true of you from the Father in heaven. He conceived you and specially selected you. His heart for you is even stronger than you could ever, ever imagine. You are connected to that source. And my prayer, you were not disconnected. You were just perhaps less aware than you could be 
of your connection to him. And my prayer is that you would become, that that understanding of that connection would become a deeper and stronger reality in each and every one of us. So we're going to um, finish by singing uh, a song, musicians, if you want to come. But let me just pray while they're coming. Can we just pray together? Father, I want to thank you that every person in this world is connected to you, Lord. It's impossible for you to break off connection to your kids. You are not a dad who breaks off connection. You are a dad who stays connected all the time. And Father, I want to thank you for your heart and your love for your kids for us. Thank you that we were specially and are specially selected. And I pray that each person in this room would know an increasing sense of connection with their original source with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to sing this song to finish with because some of the words just are so true of the Father's heart. God, you meet me where I am. And he's constantly moving towards me with open arms. That's the heart of the Father. No matter where you are, no matter whether you're running away, standing still, having a tantrum, he's moving towards you with open arms. And my prayer is that you would sense that and feel that more and more. Okay, let's sing this as we close our time again.